Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 186. On this episode, I've got an incredibly fun conversation with the boys in Felicity. Um, If you guys aren't familiar with Felicity, I highly recommend that you make yourself uh, acquainted with them because they're putting out some really dope music right now. They've been around longer than most people realize and have, you know, essentially flown under the radar for a long time and um, over the last year and a half seem to be really starting to pop off again, um, getting the the eyes and ears on their music and it, it's so well deserved. So definitely want you to check them out. But um, this conversation, again, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed talking to these guys, and we discussed all sorts of stuff, like the uh, the new music, obviously, that they're putting out, but also the Orlando music scene and how incredibly talented and diverse and deep the roster is. Um, we talked about, you know, the importance of authenticity in your music and as a band and being able to make connections with your fan base through that authenticity um and just so much more i mean there it's a really really good conversation uh maybe i'm a little biased but i think you guys are going to enjoy this one so let's dive into it this is my conversation with the band felicity awesome so uh to kick things off i do start with the same boring ass question every time simple introduction let's go around the band here and kind of just introduce yourselves and you know quick background Sure. Cool. Start off. I started off. Yeah. Start okay. Off. Uh, I'm Mike. I play bass in Felicity. Um, I originally started playing music uh, towards the end of high school and just always fell in love with the idea of being in a band and kind of played throughout college in and out of some bands here and there, learned the ropes. And then um, as we will probably arrive at some point, we all met on Craigslist and, and that's how I joined up with Felicity. Mm-hmm. And that was a decade ago, nine years ago. Yes, I, I am. Uh, I am the vocalist. My name is Damien, and I've been in this band for like over was it over eight it's years nine, now, eight eight years. nine years, not nine years, right? Uh, nine years right now, and yeah, I recruit everyone through Craigslist, and we'll get into that at some point. But no, it's sure. been it's been a wild ride. But um, we're just we're we're just getting started as a band. We're always we're super hungry and like that's how we are as people. So like we'll 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 touch more as we continue talking about yeah. that. My name my name is Drew. I play guitar. I'm originally from Maine. I moved down here uh for college and uh about 10 years ago I met Damien on Craigslist <laughs> and I drove to his parents' garage and uh we decided to start a band. And that's and that's what brought us here all these years later. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Greg. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, all good. So <laughs> then you you definitely understand Drew from like living up in the the northeast. The fucking winter bullshit compared to Florida is just it's I'm not flying, worth it. I'm flying back on Saturday, man. So we'll be dealing with the same bullshit yeah. for a few days. I'm I'm gonna be up for like five days, and that's that's a that's plenty. That's yeah, plenty. That's more than enough, especially in that area, like you guys get pounded with snow over there. So yeah, I was at the Patriots game on Christmas Eve last year, Patriots Bengals, and it was negative seven. And the tickets were basically like free. Like they couldn't pay people to go to this game. And uh, it was oh brutal. Negative seven. It was brutal. Yeah. I complain at like 50 over here. So like, I really, I, I can't, I complain I can't. when it's 50 here too, dude. So <laughs> yeah. like, I just, <laughs> I just can't. I feel like I can't after yeah. hearing stuff like that. Yeah, it's bad. It's but bad. it seems like you know. I'm sure we'll touch on touring and whatnot. But it it's always amazing to me how many bands go through like Denver in the middle of December or early January. It's like do y'all not own a fucking map. Like you know that it's gonna snow there, right? Like that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had to do that yet. I think the worst we've done is we've toured through in March and we went through like the Carolinas and Virginias and stuff. And it was cold, but I don't think we even saw snow. I don't think there was, it was snow. We haven't seen snow on tour yet. Yeah, We've always toured in the summer. It's been like our, our thing. Cause we live in Florida. So we want to get the hell out of Florida in the summer and it's great. Go, go where the weather's nice. Nice, Let's go to Denver then. Um, (laughs) But, but, um, but yeah, uh, 
Uh, I've seen enough snow in my life that if we never have to go, like I, these bands touring in the winter through, and they have these drives. I, I've seen them where they have to go from like Denver, and then the next city on the on the tour will be like an eight hour drive, and I'm like, that's like a sixteen hour drive in the winter though. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's true. It's yeah, true. It, it's brutal. I think it was a cliff diver last year. It was literally like Salt Lake City, and then they were in fucking Minnesota the next night, and I'm like. Nah, hard pass. Insane. <laughs> and and we've done like New York City to Raleigh was our worst. And it was in the middle of summer and we were just straight through the night, like straight through. And it was probably like 14 hours or something. Yeah, 12, yeah. 14 hours 12, straight. 12 hours and um, um and that was with like perfect conditions. No, 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 no. rotation of five men at the wheel, just yeah. just putting <laughs> time. So I can imagine That's how all it was really. Yeah. Like yeah. give me back so right now. We got to that show like 20 minutes before we were supposed to go on and the show was already delayed. And it was like the show up, unload, play the gig merit badge that we that we got from that one. We were pulling in and on stage within 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. crazy. After crazy. a 12-hour drive. Yeah, that's that's absolutely nuts. And that's one of those like kind of the unsung thing, right? Like a lot of casual fans have no idea about that type of stuff that happens. Like no, the assumption no. is you're you're in town all day. You got to relax and kick your feet up. And it's like, nah, we were racing the clock to get here. Yeah. It's the way it should be. But yeah, you, yeah, you can never show them. You can never show them if you're tired or anything like that. Because a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the fans, you know, a lot of some, sometimes they make those drives as well, you know, like two, three hour drives. And you're like, I can't be complaining about this, this drive that I have to do. You know, I just have to make sure that they're entertained and they have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I've, I've, said it before on this podcast and I'm sure we'll get into it as well, but like that energy that you get out of a live show, there's nothing like it. Right. So whether it's you performing or the person receiving the energy out in the crowd, like that's a special connection. And to your point, you don't want to show up as, as dog tired as you are and be like, cool, I'm not going to perform well. No, you, you, you can't. It's, it's that, that's always a thing. Cause sometimes you do have those days, you have those days where you feel that way, but you just got to turn it on and, and something about the crowd ignites me and 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 I I'm sure for you guys mm-hmm. as well something about that 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 energy that a crowd can give you it could lift you in like mm-hmm. your darkest time sometimes so it's mm-hmm. like for me it's it's uh it's always something that like fuels me mm-hmm. yeah dope uh so for those that aren't familiar let's talk about the craigslist thing for you guys uh you know way back in the day that was a super popular thing um but you know now i i don't know i assume it's probably instagram that kids are connecting with each other to to start bands what was it like you know with us we're all probably pretty close to the same age i'm 38 so you know i definitely remember a lot of craigslist activities and so without a doubt yeah (laughs) meetups to buy something because it's a public spot like right yeah so what's it like you know meeting strangers from the internet in a time when it wasn't like kosher to meet strangers from the internet well to 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 the previous response it is still by the way a thing people still do this i was just i was in ohio a couple weeks ago and i was talking to um to another musician and he was just basically saying how he also met all of his band through craigslist so it's still a thing i thought it was also like done but so it's still a thing going on but um to the point of like how how this how kind of we all met at some point I was like, I put out a Craigslist ad. Andrew was the first mm-hmm. one that replied to, to that ad. And it was just basically saying like bands that I was into. And if you wanted to come over and jam at some point. And um, he he really liked a lot. I think Finch was the one that really like put him over the edge. And he was like, I got to give this guy a chance. So yeah. he came over and uh, like, like I said, it was just in the garage. You never know. It's always a little awkward. You're like, how's this going to go? Are we going to like each other? Are we going to like find out that we after list playing finch we're like okay we have nothing else in common or things like that so it's always like a weird thing but we both had this hunger and desire to just like want to play shows write good music and just get on stage as quickly as possible so like from then on i saw that like me and him had that same mentality so we just kept grinding kept grinding but we had these other two guys in the band that i didn't meet for from craigslist i had knew them from like my job but they weren't serious about it. So back to Craigslist, I go, yeah. put up my post. <laughs> I, this time we had like, we had played um, Warp Tour 
um, like the Battle of the Bands. We had won that competition. Yeah. So like we got- stage, the, it, stage. It, it was, it was, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like, I think it was tw- 2014 or 2015. If I, 2014, yeah. And uh, we had got some cool pictures from that. So I was like, oh, let me put this up on Craigslist. Hopefully someone's like, these guys have to be somewhat serious next if they're like be the 10 year anniversary of that of the 20 yeah the 2014 next summer, next summer we'll be and, 10 years. And that, that show meant a lot with, man with, with that craigslist post that yeah. that medium grade <laughs> damien singing out there our drummer like mid position but doesn't even look that cool and in the background <laughs> it says ernie ball it says warp tour right and, and that i had been in for a long time had um had been finished for maybe six months and i still always wanted to be in a band and i was contemplating just leaving orlando going okay there's other music meccas i don't have any like reason to really stay and uh and on a whim i'm just like eh, fuck it let's go to craigslist again and the last thing my previous band did was record a music video that was done very professionally. So when I was looking through and I saw the post that Damien made and I look at the bands that he had listened, I'm like, ah, I'm not really into those bands. And then, <laughs> and then I went to the one recording that was on, what was it? Was it a my, was it actually a MySpace link? No, no, no it was probably maybe pure volume pure oh, volume it might have been yeah, pure, volume. Pure, volume. Pure, pure volume used to be another thing yeah yeah, yeah. and and i listened to the one track that was on the pure volume and it was like really not a good recording but i knew that they had done something that my band had not done so clearly the work ethic was there and i had at least learned that much that if you can find the work ethic then everything else can fall into place so i emailed damien I included the link that had the music video because I'm like, I might as well flex and be like, I got this. Right. <laughs> this looks cool. And then it's important. within the hour, I get an email back from Damien asking for a phone call as soon as possible. And he's he's a go-getter with that. He'll, he'll hop on the phone with you real quick. And we just had this conversation about values and goals. And a few days after that, I went over to uh, to the garage, the infamous garage, and we had our first jam session. I did learn the Finch song, the the <laughs> main, the like cornerstone of the of the band. And uh, Damien was most impressed that I showed up with a little notepad where I had just written down like the the p- finger positions and the tunings of. It. He's like, "Wow, you actually came prepared." I'm like, "Yeah, I come." <laughs> just that great he actually said this perfectly that's great but just so just so like like all the viewers know like it wasn't just like acquisition acquisition but like we went through a lot of people oh yeah well yeah we we went through a lot of people but so for me like when you said that like i was really impressed because a lot of the guys that came in barely knew the music they barely like took the time to like learn any of the songs that we said, hey, come over so that we can, when we're when we're jamming together, we have some idea and some type of organization when it comes to things. So yeah. like, so, so that was something for me that was like, I thought that that was very like uh, admirable from him, like that he took the time to do that instead of just coming like underprepared. So yeah. that's how I knew that that was something that would probably last um, from that experience. And, and just also, that's why I also call too. Like I want that phone call. Wants to hear I want, phone. I want to gauge, I want to gauge yeah. because if you want to get off the phone within two minutes with me, <laughs> probably you don't really care too much. I got to be honest with yeah. you. So I, uh, and like maybe people will, will say I'm pretty direct when it comes to those things, but like, I prefer to not waste like the band's time and our time because being musicians, you, it's, money. it's, it is, it's, it's very, business. very valuable. And like, yeah. I prefer not to like be in a band with people who don't really care and things like that. So, but anyway, that, that kind of like resulted in that. And then, that, then we found Corey and then um, Rashid, we did not meet through Craigslist. We met through, um, a promoter, uh, our favorite promoter, Marshall. And um, so that's how we, we, we got Rashid in the band, but for the rest of us, it, it was a Craigslist um, miracle. The origins are <laughs> a Craigslist miracle. Yeah. Yes. That should be a yeah. song. Yes, I like there, it. There you go. Yeah, that's the next one. Uh, so I, I think you're right, too. Like, there is something about talking to people on the phone or even in person and like yeah. gauging that reaction, because far too often, you guys have obviously experienced it as well. You get these people that their goal is just playing local shows. They don't mm-hmm. ever want to go beyond that. They don't want a tour. They don't want, you know, grander aspirations. And it's it's unfortunate because you're kind of handcuffed at that moment and you have to make those sometimes really difficult friendship decisions as well that, Hey, you know, if this isn't the right thing, then we're going to, we're going to split, you know? So for you, like, obviously you you've touched on it. 
talk about the importance of for younger bands finding those key members that are a hundred percent on the same level as you in that yeah. vision. Yeah. I, oh, wow. I, what a great question. I, I think that's an amazing question. I think it's, it's, it's back to the fact of like a lot of times we don't want to, as musicians, we also have this thing that we're, we have this kind of emotional side to things. So sometimes we are, you find different musicians out there, but for the most part, I think something that is similar with all musicians is that they have like a side of empathy to them that sometimes they don't want to like, um, you know, say, Hey, you're out of the band or like, you're not dedicated enough. They always want to see if like they can work with, with people. And I think that's how we are. We still are that way. You know what I mean? Like with, with everything that we have a mentality to like work with people because we can see the potential in them. But if you see where it's at the point, like for a younger band as well, that the people that you're, you're around are, are kind of like not as serious as you, even after you've had the conversations with them, like most of the time, like you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and you'll be hurting your dream. If you kind of allow these, these people to just kind of like have that mentality. Now, if you can also like talk those, those guys into saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. It's either you're, you're down for it or you're not. And they, then they become down for it. That's fantastic. You know what I mean? So yeah. then you could, you know, you, you develop that friendship and that, that, that lifelong relationship outside of just the band too. So uh, it's, it's, it's just as a younger band, don't be afraid to, to be that way. Don't be afraid, afraid to be hungry, understand though, like, you got you got to talk to people in a respectful way too. You know what I mean? Like you can't like you're out of here. You know what I mean? You have to you you have to have that that good interpersonal relationship. But at the end of the day, if if people around you are not hungry for things, you have to make sure that if if it's something that you truly want, you got to say it, and you you got to be hard nosed sometimes. Otherwise, it's your dream that you're throwing down the down the drain. I think a lot of bands too. If you think about like every every city that has a band that's blown up. Uh, the lineup people think about like the original band lineup is the lineup that's that is when the band blew up or like the first big album that came out. But yeah, there's five to ten guys in that city who are like, I was in red jumpsuit apparatus 100%. before they blew up. 100%. I was the original drummer, but then there was three drummers after me, and then that's the drummer that got when they got signed, and that's the drummer you think of as the drummer. And you know, every most bands, unless they blew up like right away. A lot of bands have, are like have that story. Perfect. Um, and Felicity has, you know, has that story. But there was bass players before Mike. There was several mm -hmm. dr several drummers before Rashid. And whatever drummer you think of, whatever lineup you think of is the lineup that you first saw us will be whatever that lineup mm -hmm. is. But um, and then historically now you go look at like, you know, pick any band. And if they are the all original lineup of that band and they've been around for a really long time, then God bless them. But that's <laughs> even pretty rare. These two, you, you two. I doubt yeah. that, man. You two, maybe. You um, two still is the original lineup. Yeah, but most bands, it's not even that, especially in our scene. Like, oh, yeah, it's like yeah, our yeah. scene, like yeah. those historical ones. The, yeah, yeah. The, that's even dying. We were like, you know, even in our scene, you know, it, it, it's rarer and rare. But, but I tell we we used to tell that to bands all the time. It's just like. You know they're like so so stuck on their 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 lineup, but I'm like I promise you th this lineup will probably not be the lineup, and it's probably two or three of you, or maybe one or two of you guys who are the true guys who will probably be there if you're gonna go somewhere. That will probably be the ones that will push it through, and and one or two will probably not be 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 around for it if you're gonna get there. And unfortunately, that's just the god honest sad truth of it. And but it's right. okay. But it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, every company that's become Microsoft has, has not had the same people who worked at the startup sure. as the people who were at the startup the day they started the company or whatever it is. It's just, it's just the way life goes. Yeah. If everyone shares the same mission and that is communicated at the beginning, because I'm also a school teacher. So one of my, I, I teach high school. So I've had some mm -hmm. former students who now come back and go, I'm trying to start a band. Can you give me some advice? And I just had one of them do that the other day. And that's the first thing I told him, like, make sure everyone's on the same page so that you're not just blowing your time away if this is what you really want to do and if they are going to hustle and you're doing this at the age of 17 you're going to be so big three years from now if, if you have that kind of drive and and that's where it begins because if the drive isn't there when things get hard people are gonna question whether or not it's worth it and and you have to unequivocally be nope we're gonna do this regardless of how challenging it is because there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah and I mean, it's super cliche, especially with you being a teacher, but also like learn from those experiences, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Things aren't going to work out, but you can still walk away from 
whether it's a failed band, a failed friendship, whatever, and go, cool, I know what not to do next time, or I know that this is better because of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Central Florida music scene, because it's fucking mm-hmm. insane right now, right? That you is. guys are just so inundated right now, especially in the pop punk uh, realm. Yeah. I was just talking to Grayson Zane the other day. You guys have a song out with him. I had Mark from 408 on a couple weeks ago, you know, like you guys in this, this Orlando base are just blowing up. What is it about Orlando right now that is just fueling this pop punk fire? Man, I, it's, it's, it's even more, if you think about it's it, more than pop punk for sure. Yeah, I mean, Mag Park, yeah. you, want the, you know, Mag yeah. Park's in there and Capstan, Capstan, Dark Divine. There's just like so many, meet me at the altar. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane. It's kind of like um, there, there was a wave where the, before I arrived, the Orlando scene was, was very solid with a new metal kind of like early 2000s vibe. And then right when I arrived in Orlando, it was kind of taking a little bit of a dip. And there weren't as many bands around. This was like 2009-ish. And it was just like, okay, where's the scene going to go? And then just like the, the, you know, the stock market goes down before it's going to come back up. All of these new musicians were just sort of coming to this area. You got good weather, easy living, cheap living. And, and now give it some time. And these musicians all started forming their own bands and, and certain members crisscross here and there. Like there was a time where one, my, my old band needed a guitar player and Andrew was looking like that. Everyone was just kind of working in the same scene. But then mm-hmm. once those musicians all settled into their bands, now you get, you know, your four weight that's been around for a minute and they're popping off right now. And then newer bands like Hungover, but then Capsing has been here for a minute. So, and all these guys have been in each other's bands or yeah. previous bands with each other too and just kind of things just fun. finally everything's just catching fire for what has existed in orlando for such a long time and you know, I, th- I think one of it is a lot of it is we all a lot of us all work out of the audio compound which is some amazing producers and songwriters yeah True. um well, and so we all have access to amazing quality sounding music and a place where we can go feel really comfortable and have really honest feedback about our music and sure. to work with producers who, if we come in with bad ideas, will tell us <laughs> and will also work with us to improve our ideas and push us as songwriters, which all of us have, which we've also worked with at times in previous bands all together, making music where you might just, you come in with a song and the producer might just try to like encapsulate your vision. Like, what's your vision? Okay, let's let's get that on record where, at the audio compound, sometimes it might say like, is that vision going to, is that vision going to propel your career? Cause like, why do we want to put out a song that we don't think is going to be beneficial for you? And in, in turn benefit like us putting out music, that's going to impact the world. And we want to say the bands we're working with is making a difference in the scene and making buzz around the scene, which is what all of us want. It's a win-win for everybody. So I'd say that's one of it is, working with Andy and we all work with Andy. A lot of us work with Andrew Wade. We work with a lot of great producers and most of those bands I think have all done at least a song or at some point worked out of the audio compound or, or, and and so much you perform. And then I think the other half of it is because all of us are, are to some extent having some success. It breeds a lot of healthy competition to where if any one of us were in another state in Fargo, North Dakota, it would be so easy to just get complacent feeling like you're the biggest band in the world where all of us are always like, well, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And we always kind of feel like um, we have to be on this, this next level. We have to be on this next level. Yeah. Um, and, and all of us feel like it's actually possible where sometimes being stuck in a hole in a small town or a city, you may feel like a local band, but none of us truly ever feel like, you're stuck being as stuck as a local band being in this scene because we see everyone else actually doing it. And that pushes you to want to do it too and, and make you work that much harder. And I think that's why it, it's, it's possible too. And we all do truly lift each other up. We've all played local shows together, mm-hmm. collab with each other. It's like really, truly healthy competition. It's yeah. not like negative in any, any, any way, shape or form. I agree. Yeah. And I've heard that from, you know, like Mark from and 408 and Grayson and talking about, you know, like the cliche of a rising tide raises all ships, right? Like we all want to do better. We're all pushing forward and we want this scene to be healthy. Um, and I think it's really cool because 
of the Central Florida guys that I've I've talked to lately, every one of you has said, you know, we want, you know, if if Felicity came to me and said, hey, we need guest vocals, cool, I'm gonna do it because I care. Like I want this thing to happen. Um, same with you know, Josh is uh, over at Mag Park has been doing incredible things. Just dropped his solo EP and got a bunch of guests to help mm-hmm. him out with that. Like the scene is just flourishing, and I think it's really, really cool and inspiring to to people like us that have kind of been around the pop punk realm for so long because we saw the rise of the original golden age, right? Like that was our childhood. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, fell true. off and it, you know, was tainted for a little bit. And then here we are again, seeing such a, a resurgence of it. And the whole like warp Tour ethos is still out there, even though the tour doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, 100%. I think I think there's a hunger for for that style of music because you kind of go through waves like you kind of said like you you see it you see it take a downturn but I think I really think a lot of those younger fans out there are, are hungry for that type of music and there's just some angst that you can get with that too that that is just not found sometimes in like you know the pop world or or just you know certain style of musics out there so like I, I really feel that that is that is another reason that you're seeing that resurgence and that that style coming back too. like a lot. A lot of those mm-hmm. younger kids are wearing those with those Vans this grunge kind of look, oh, yeah. which is which yeah. is I mean, I love that. That's really cool. So a lot of Nirvana um, shirts, a lot of Nirvana. And like, <laughs> it's just like it's just it's great for rock. It's great for rock music. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I think I think it's dope. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, too, you know, the the clothing side is one thing, right? Like keeping up the appearances, but I've even seen, maybe this is the Midwest thing, you know, like some of the kids dress that way, ironically, right? Like they grab the Nirvana shirt from target or whatever, but inevitably it starts sparking those conversations about, Oh, well you, you like Nirvana, like, let's go listen to some. And no, I've never listened to them. And it builds that, that, you know, camaraderie a little bit. So um let's talk a little bit about the new music with you guys you've again you dropped the song with uh Grayson Zane emo trash not too long ago you had uh kill them all you've just dropped a fucking Christmas song so <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about kind of what's motivating you right now and and the vision that you have for the next chapter of what Felicity is uh yeah I mean it, it's all over the place to be honest with you it's uh we call ourselves trash rock because basically there's so many different genres. You throw it in something, you mix it together, pick something out, and you're going to get pop punk. You're going to get screams. You're going to get metal. So, like, for for us, like, there's nothing off the table as a band. All of us come from different influences, and all of us kind of listen to each other when we're like, we want to put these styles in our music. And if it inspires us and we can pull it off well and make it come together well where, where it seems organic and it seems authentic, then we're going to do it. So when we were in the studio last, we had written 16 songs. So our goal was to release a song every four to six weeks. And right now we've been sticking true true to it since we started with Levitate. So uh, I forgot when we started that, it's like June, 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 June. So ever since June, we've been releasing a, a single every four to six months. Six and um, four to six weeks. Yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> um, and it seems that way sometimes. But like, um, <laughs> But yeah, so like we were just making sure that we put out, you know, different styles and stuff like that. When we went in the studio, our idea was just to write all of these songs so that we have a bunch of music because we're living in a scene as well that people are hungry. They want to hear something new and they kind of forget as well. So um, we didn't want to drop an album. We just wanted to release singles each time and like just make sure that we keep people like hungry and like ready for the next Felicity track. So our thought process with with um, doing the Christmas song to, to touch on that was like, let's just have fun with it. Let's just drop something that we think our fans would enjoy. Let's do our own style to it and, um, and see, see how it, how it, how it does. And like, we had a ton of fun shooting the music video and um, well, the, the clip that we put out. Yeah. So it's, it's done really well so far. And like, I think a lot of people have been enjoying it, but yeah. What do you guys, what do you guys think as well? Yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're kind of being very like opportunistic right now. We have 16 songs that we've been releasing, but the opportunity to do a Christmas song kind of popped up. Well, why not? I mean, it's appropriate. It's just another song in the bank might as well. 
And as we keep releasing these singles, if we don't have a gimmicky song to kind of throw in there, well, well, let's blow it up with some really good content, maybe release a t-shirt in conjunction with it and just find ways of making every release um, a very big celebration and spreading that out in that four to six week time period. That That's just been sort of the goal for about six months to a year now. And we can keep doing this for the next year or who knows, maybe, for example, the Between You and Me tour that appeared because of the hustling we've been doing with sticking to this cycle. So who knows what the beginning of 2024 or even after the Between You and Me run, um, what opportunities might come our way. And if nothing is really presented to us, well, guess what? We still have more singles we can keep releasing and still keep the train moving. So it's kind of like we're just going to do the plan and be adaptive to anything that kind of comes our way that is a really good opportunity and then you know hopefully people are listening who are like wow let's go check out this band they're 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 still like independent right now let's help them out they don't have an agent let's help them out like all of that stuff can can possibly happen from just sticking to the schedule sure and we kind of just like since we don't have we we're left at the point where it's like we've been so much we've been a band for so long we didn't really just don't give a fuck. We wanted to go on, like we wanted to really, we wanted to make some new metal music. So kill them all was like uh, just a new metal song. And we're like, this is some of our favorite music ever. Like we grew up yeah. listening to Limbiscuit and Corn and like Lincoln Park and System of a Down. It's like, what would Felicity sound like if we made a new metal song? And so we went and deliberately did that. And we've already made pop punk songs. We've already made, you know, metals core songs and metal songs and like, a day to remember style songs, all stuff we wanted to do. And then we made, we were like, what if we made an old school, like pop, old school, old school pop punk song that made fun of all the, like with using only emo lyrics and song titles. We went and deliberately did that. And like, we were doing all the deliberate things we wanted to do. And yes. we have a bunch of more of those deliberate style songs yeah. um, coming out on like in the next year. So we still have so much like, Last Christmas, Emo Trash, and we just recorded a song last two weeks ago, um, are all like on top of the 16 songs we already we already did too. That's true. So we've just been focusing on, let's just be releasing music as much as we can, take as many chances as we can, and just do as much as we can, enjoy ourselves, and the opportunities will come from there. And before, I feel like we were really focused on we have to put out an album and the album needs to have this many songs and it needs to do this and this and this. And we're so focused on like, sure. a feel cover to we were, cover. We were, yeah, we were so focused on like a, artsy. We were focused on a destination <laughs> where now we're focused on a journey of just like, yeah. let's just record a shit ton of music and then focus on releasing a song every six weeks and then focus on just those six weeks. And we're literally living like week to week. We have no destination. Like, if someone, if something comes, it comes. People are like, "Oh, are you guys gonna release an album?" We're like, "We don't know." Like, are you guys it's gonna possible. go? On, are you guys gonna go on tour? We don't know. If someone asks us to go on tour, maybe. But if we, but right. we're just gonna release music. It's so. an interesting way of life, but definitely, I agree. Like, that's like been the been the perspective. Like, it's not to say that you cannot like release albums and things like that. You know, I I feel like there's there's places for that as artists, and and depending on how big you are as well. But when you're when you're a smaller act out there i think it's more the game the, it's more of the hustle it's more how many how many songs can i put but also give get attention with those songs because right sometimes when, when a lot of these bands you know release sometimes these albums like there's some great great songs that don't get any love or or, or what they deserve i think so i think we're 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 acting with a new approach uh um, not not new, but like people have done this all, you know, as well yeah. throughout the, throughout music. But I think it's something that's being done more and more now, which I think that we're also like willing to to be a part of a part of that kind of release. Yeah, for sure. And I think it it all leads to one of the things I wanted to touch on is, you know, the digital age of music that we're in now. Right. Yeah. Like between Spotify and streaming, TikTok, Instagram reels, all that stuff. There's so many different avenues for specific consumption right like back when we were growing up you heard an, a single on the, the radio you went and you bought the album and you listened to the whole fucking album yeah now it's like well i can just go pick what songs i want to be on my playlist and i don't have to listen to anything else sure. um or you know scrolling tiktok or instagram and you're like oh that was a cool cool hook i'm moving on so for you guys knowing that um and you kind of touched on it with building up this this surplus a little bit 
what is your mentality around like the TikToks and the streaming ability that is, I don't think it's detrimental to the industry necessarily, but it's definitely changed the marketing of a band, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think huge point, uh, uh, huge point that you touched on because I feel that a lot of times I hear these different discussions about this. And one of the discussions is that um, everyone goes, oh, it's so easy to, 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 to put these, all these things out. All you have to do is just put your music out and everyone's going to be listening to you. Like, yes, it is easy to put it out there, but now then you have to start thinking, how can I make this take off? Because these it's just because it's easy for me to put up. Doesn't mean I'm going to have these viewers that are going to listen to me and find me. So it becomes another game where the artist now has to think, not just on the music side of things. Now I have to think in terms of entertainment. How do I make this viral? How do I make this something engaging that people would want to watch? And then they hear and they're like, I need to listen to this band. I need to find out more about them. So it's uh, it's it's an interesting time. I think it's it's a wonderful time as well. Like, But you have to know how to navigate that as well because it's not just so simple of saying, I can everything's so easy for me to put all my stuff out. It's also, how do I get people listening to it with it being that easy as well? You, so. you are a, a drop of water in an ocean in terms of like your music on social media and TikTok and all of those platforms. So if you're not thinking of how can we take this clip from a music video and maybe jazz it up with some text or just a new story behind it, or maybe there's some type of skit or some type of Walmart trend going on. Yeah. It's like <laughs> being, it, it, it's, it's great because it allows you to be a different type of creative. And there are probably many artists that are blowing up now who would not be as big as they are if social media were not an option. If, if they just had to purely create music and put it on an album, get it produced, that's going to keep a lot of people from getting their music out there. But it's so easy to write a song and get it out there with just, you know, ha having just a phone and a simple like at home setup. So with, with social media, if you're not tending to all of those buckets of Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, then you're missing out on a on a potential fan base like our our for our song emo trash on uh twitter that's where it really really blew up and for the longest time twitter was not our main focus it's pretty much been tiktok and then instagram but you know all of a sudden like wow okay or x i should say that's in twitter but um whatever who fucking cares same thing fuck them yeah same fucking <laughs> um but it, it 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 just goes to the point of you you want to have all of your eggs in multiple baskets in terms of social media nowadays because you don't know which one of those platforms is going to send you to the moon and 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 then consistently posting content. It doesn't have to always be a home run, but you got to keep firing them out there so that there's just something new that that people can discover. Yeah, and you know, the getting lost in the the mud, the drop of water in an ocean is yeah. a huge point. You know, like. The stat for Spotify is something like 60,000 songs a day. Oh my uh, uploaded. Um, I and I forget, I know I was, when I was talking to Mark from uh, 408, we talked about TikTok and it's something like, it's a absolutely asinine number. It was like 38 million posts per day or something stupid like that. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. So to oh, your pottery. point, like, yeah, it, it, that's exactly you're you're asking to be struck by lightning is all yeah. this is. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is some of the best advice we got, which we've we've definitely taken to heart and we passed along to other bands, is we had a call with a with someone at a record label um years ago. And the, what he told us was like, you don't want to you you need to stop thinking of yourself as a band and you need to start thinking of yourself as what what you have to be in this day and ages is, is an entertainer and the example he gave us was was like Jimmy Fallon like you have to be able, you have to be able to sing and act and host it the at night you have to host the tonight show but on that show you have to sing and then you have to do a silly game and then you have to go act in a movie and then you have to go host the oscars and then you have to just be able to do anything they need to do and maybe you have to do a dramatic role later too but you just have to do all of it. And if you just want to be in a band, then then good luck. But the labels and the audience, everyone wants you to be an entertainer. And you can stick to your wheelhouse and find your niche of how to entertain, but you have to you have to entertain. And they don't want they want to build a genuine connection with you. And that's what we've it take it took us a long time. It took us two and a half years, maybe two years of 
of really, really focusing on TikTok. But what we have done, I feel like, is gen- created a genuine connection with the people who do care about us on TikTok to where we've been able to funnel them into like a Discord server where we have, you know, almost 300 people who communicate, we can communicate with and talk with, and they're really, really passionate. And we do have an audience on TikTok that we don't go viral all the goddamn time, but you know, the people who are there, they comment every single time we post something and we post something new, they lose their mind. They get really excited. And um, they're, they're there with us till the end. We're building up like, you know, a diehard, a diehard group of people. And, um, we have managed to go viral several times and every now and then it does happen. It doesn't happen every time, but like we have worked really, really hard at it. And, um, it is, it is possible, but it, it took that mind shift, uh, set shift of us to like, we have to entertain and we have to take chances and do stuff out of our comfort zone. And we can't just be like, we're a band, we're a band, we're a band, we're a band. It was just making funny skits and doing stuff that we thought were for just a group of friends made doing funny stuff. Oh, we also happen to be a band was kind of the way we thought about it. But yeah. I, I think especially in in this scene, the pop punk scene and and kind of even just the rock scene and as a general, um, it's that authenticity, right? Like the fans want to know that their favorite bands are just like them. You know, they don't want... It's true. I'm going to use Justin Bieber as the example, but like, you know, most people can't relate to Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have the same cars as him. I'm not you know, banging a a supermodel, like, cool, I don't relate to you. So I may like your music. But as a human being, I don't maybe have the same connection. Whereas in the rock and pop punk, it's like, no, these guys are, are the dudes that I would hang out with on the weekend. I fucking Mm -hmm. care about them. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's something I think I think that's a huge point as well. Because a lot of times I think us, us like, you know, being kind of from the same kind of time frame, we would see a lot of these musicians like growing up and and there was a there was a lot more mystery when it came to them we were we were unsure as to yeah. what they're doing <laughs> and now and i mean you could see some of it but it was like it, it was definitely like not on the scale that it is right now so now you can build those relationships a lot more with with people and they can kind of see like like you said like they can get to know you a lot more and you could be more personal with them and and it kind of removes that barrier sometimes that they feel when they're when they're either they're really frightened to, you know, to meet you or when they do meet you, they're like, I don't know what to say at all. Like when they've had so much engagement with you and, and they see how you are, they're kind of not as they don't have that, that, that fear. Sometimes they just like, um, they just, they, they kind of know they're like, Hey, I, I remember when you posted this or like when you were talking about this and like, you can have that conversation right there where if you had nothing yeah. else to talk about besides the music, you know what I mean? So it's a, uh, it's a different time frame, and either get with the times or <laughs> that's it. <laughs> But I think to your point, you know, it's something for me, I've been doing music journalism for like 20 years now. So it's, it's something I've, you know, noticed over the years and luckily caught on to pretty early is like, because we did grow up, we had, you know, Rolling Stone and, and Alternative Press Magazine, but that was about all you could follow up with a band on. MySpace a little bit, but it wasn't really, nobody knew what the fuck MySpace was, was trying to do. Um, but, you know, when when you make that shift to like from, oh, this is a rock star to, oh, this is a human being that happens to be really good at music, like yeah. it changes that dynamic and we can have these conversations and it's it makes it it takes away that separation of the barricade, you know, in a venue of you're here, I'm there like that. We're not the same. Well, yeah, we are. You know, we both enjoy PBRs or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like we can make that connection and and really see um, the the commonality amongst our our groups of friends and fan bases and all that. Huge point, huge point, hundred percent. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so I refuse to think of better questions to transition to the end. So I bought this game called Hot Takes. And we're just going to ask a couple of these cards. Oh, okay. All right. Hot. <laughs> chaos. The castle. Um, so we'll shuffle these a little bit. Some of them are like really tame and the others you're like, what the fuck are you even talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Uh, let's see. Let's go with, oh, we'll, we'll start off with this. Fine. I'd rather marry a hot person with a mediocre personality than an unattractive person with an awesome personality. 
personalities. So we're still yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think I'd go with personality. Yeah. I just, I, I want to be able to survive every, every yeah. day. I just, I need the personality. I think. Yeah. You need good personality. That's wisdom. Wisdom. We're all old enough to know that. Love that one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's it. Part of it comes with age. The other part of it is like, None of us are famous enough to just need an, a piece of art candy to go out in public with. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Thin crust pizza is better than thick crust pizza. I like them both, man. It's, uh, thin. Thin crust. I, I, I would go thin. I go like, thin. I, I, if I'm being I, honest. Like, I'm when it's seasoned thin. right and, and it's like yeah, cooked I mean, perfectly, like I always go for less dough in that regard, even if it's a really good thicker crust. That's like flavor, dude. I know. I Give me more of that sauce flavor, more of the cheese and the dough can mask some of that. But we have that Chicago deep dish and it was really fucking no, good. I'm saying like this. So yeah, but it, like good. if I'm talking about this, this is more like if what, what know, you I want see. daily. If I'm going thin, if this is daily. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and that's with me being two and a half hours away from Chicago. Like if I'm just eating pizza, thin yeah. crust is the way I want to go. Exactly. We can have more of it too. Like the, 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 the deep dish will fill me up yeah. in like one or two slices. But that's what I was going to say, especially like on a show day, right? Like and, uh, eating oh, the deep dish, oh, you're oh, fucked like, the rest of the night. <laughs> I've made that mistake. Gainesville. Gainesville. Yeah. Any, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dentists are being dramatic about flossing no no i say no (laughs) they seem to say it every time but not really ever like make that to do anything about it that's true sure they're just like buy something they i feel like give us like some floss yeah yeah Uh, i once i once let my teeth get bad enough without flossing enough or when i went in they they were like we're actually gonna have to have you come back in two weeks because we can't get all the oh my god yeah and i'm like really it's not bad they're like well yeah it is pretty bad and you were pretty close to having gingivitis and then that scared me into flossing Mm. so yeah okay well that's trauma exactly Uh, yeah when you trauma (laughs) from it I think one of the funniest things, it sounds like it's from a sitcom, but it was, I really did this to one of my dentists years ago, went and had my, you know, annual every year or whatever. And they asked me, well, when's the last time you floss? Like your teeth are looking really good. I was like, I don't know. You guys were there the last time. Like legitimately, <laughs> I hadn't flossed. Like whatever the last date was. <laughs> Do you brush two times a day? One time for me. Wow. Now, now, you ready for this crazy shit? Really good I've brush. never had a cavity. Really good brush. Never had a cavity. Wow. wow. 38 years old, never had a cavity. So brush once a day, never <laughs> floss. That's like, it's a really good brush, though. It. It's giving me like, so, so maybe the dentist brush. is being dramatic. Then. The dentist, must yeah. Be yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, sock shoe, sock shoe, or uh, sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. So- Wait, what? Do you put on your basically? Do you put on one sock and then that shoe, or do you put both socks on then your shoes? Both socks. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. socks, 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 shoe, shoe. My socks. Wow. Yeah, I was. Like, do sock, shoe, sock, shoe. You're a a psychopath. That's psychopathic. You have to be a psychopath. That's my thought. Because, like, here's the thing: if I put on both socks and something happens, I can still run, right? Like, I can still. But if I have one sock and shoe on and a bare foot on the other, what the fuck is happening here? What are you there must yeah. be like an OCD thing. Like people yeah. with OCD who can only do things one at a time. They have to like complete the I, right. I foot. feel like I have to try that. I'm going to try it. Tomorrow. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> it's going to throw off your whole day. I hope, I hope something it, interrupts me where I have to like stand up. It might be efficient. It. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's go with. Trying to find a good one for the last one. Uh, I feel like stories will come out of this one. The most embarrassing things I've done, I did while I was drunk. Oh, oh, probably. (laughs) This is always a good. This this, when Andrew was really okay. Andrew was really (laughs) drunk at a show because it was his birthday, so it made sense. And we were also at the venue like five, six hours early, so there's a lot of time. And it was my birthday. It was birthday. It was birthday. And during the show, and and this was when we only had one guitar player. So it was just Andrew on guitar, me on bass. And he drops his pick, 
And all I see as I look over, because I hear no guitar for way too long, is just the guitars <laughs> behind his back and he's mid squat, like trying to pick it up with his fingers, just like a claw machine. And it's just miss, miss. <laughs> Miss, miss. I was probably like to the left of it, to the right of it, to the left of it, to the right of it. It's like there's probably Incredible. three picks on the ground. Yeah, and, and probably the most signature inebriated time on, on yeah. stage. I don't think any of us is that. I don't think I've been that, that drunk on stage ever. That <laughs> drunk on stage. Yeah. Just the it's commitment. The that. guitar had to be put behind his back just to be able to get low enough to do it. Yeah. It was bad. It was great. It was yeah. great. Yeah, I had to pick up. I, I got the pick for him. I was like, <laughs> I can think of another time Damien being drunk. We it was it was right before the pandemic hit. It was like two weeks before everything shut down. And we played a show at Soundbar mm -hmm. with uh oh, I can't remember who we were playing with, but sleep on it and sleep on it. You and me. Oh, bring you and me. Oh, it's perfect. And then Damien was drinking so much afterwards. He comes over to the merch table where I was standing. He's like, What's going on over here? And he just knocks over a bunch of stuff on the merch table for no reason at all. Storms off, comes back, bumps into the table, and I'm like, This is really annoying. Wow, drunk Damien is a fucking pain in the ass. This doesn't sound like me. I don't remember any of this. That's why I just <laughs> that often. <laughs> and I don't know if I've had a drunken show experience. I don't know. No, I think I think it was more of an edible experience. Yeah, me. probably an edible. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, definitely an edible experience. That's for sure. Yeah. So well, then I have to tie that question in. Would you rather play high or drunk? Drunk. Ooh. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. I'd be terrified to play high. Man, well, I mean, <laughs> too, high, too this, high or too drunk? Yeah, yeah, higher yeah. than you should yeah. be or drunker than you should yeah. be? I'd rather play drunker than I should be. Okay, yeah, I'd rather be drunker. Than, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, stronger than I should be because I do because, that. I've done that all so many times. All right, all right. Then I got okay. Then here's the story for me because I burned both of them. So uh, <laughs> this was maybe a year ago, and this? it was the one. It was the one at the social. Oh, got it. I remember exactly. So, so, um. And somebody else who was at the show, I smoked with before the show, like maybe a good 40 minutes where it's enough time before we go on yeah. stage. And then our sound guy showed up, who is just a puff of smoke wherever he goes. And he's like, come on, man, just go out back. It'll be real quick. And it was this fat fucking joint. And 15 minutes before we were starting to go on. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Well, it's rock music. Let's just fucking go. And then the next thing I know, I'm putting my instrument on and I'm like, Oh, I'm way too high right now. This is moving way too slow for me. And I have my in-ears in and the show we were playing was at the social, which if you don't know it, it is about, you're about five feet, six feet off the ground. And it's a very narrow stage. It's wide, but it's very narrow. So yeah. during the entire set, as I'm trying to like perform and move, I keep thinking, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And cause I'm so stoned as I'm playing, I'm also like in my head going, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. You're gonna fuck up. You're really high right now. You're making a mistake. Don't fuck up. I'm thinking I'm off the entire show. The moment everything is done, I look at Damien, I'm like panicked. I'm like, how bad was I, man? He goes, dude, you sounded fine. What are you talking about? It was great. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I never again, yeah, like yeah. I was literally having a panic attack for that entire show. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, I definitely be too drunk rather than too high mm -hmm. because I thought I was going to fall off the fucking stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. It would have been funnier. Like the, the sitcom version of that is you just start playing like reggae bass while they're doing the normal. Thing, <laughs> yeah, like... that is the thing. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> is, that no, no. yeah, yeah. We've never played the wrong music, but Damien's definitely sung the wrong lyrics before. I mean, yeah, Corey was... and I had a show in Fort Myers where we got too drunk because we loaded in so early and we just were started drinking and the, the promoter oh, brought us a bottle of whiskey. No, yeah, I remember that. All the shots. By the time we played, we kept Corey. And I, we had we just gotten those drop panels. We kept starting songs in the wrong tuning. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> And it, the, like the entire uh, intro in the first verse, and I'd be like, "Come on, you're in the wrong doing." And I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I, like just shit I, like that. I out. was sick that show and too, really and sick. I was like, "All right, guys, it's gonna be hard for me to sing today." And they managed to make my life harder that day by not <laughs> playing the correct. <laughs> we were bad. Uh, we were really bad. Pedals. I was like, we "Oh my god, really this bad. is yeah. bad. This yeah. is bad." It's yeah. Gnarly, gnarly. But that's you know that's rock and roll, right? Like you have to have some of those stories to to say that you're a band that's 
accomplished and and road driven. Yeah. So yeah, you hear these stories like Molly Crew, they would drink like an entire bottle of Jack Daniels before they'd go on stage and then drink a bottle while they were on stage. And it's like, how? Not how, good idea. how would they go do it? They were just bodies were conditioned to yeah. muscle memory, play their entire set without that was water to them without like, without yeah. doing it. It's yeah. like we had like four white claws and I was playing an entirely wrong tuning the entire show. <laughs> you hydrated yourself with those white claws. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, not built for that life. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so kind of the the standard outro that I do is giving you guys the floor. Um, obviously, I'll link all the socials and stuff. But where can people find you? You know, what can they look forward to? Kind of use the last however long it takes you to promote whatever you want to promote and just kind of build it up. Yeah, follow us at We Are Felicity. Make it super easy. F E L I C I T Y should be linked everywhere. Um, we're going to be releasing music all of 2024. We're going to be on tour in March. Um, right now, the week of dates we have with Between You and Me are announced, and we're also going to be announcing some more dates uh, that are going to be like headline dates um, the week before that. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, we do have one show announced in Orlando, Florida. Our next show will be January 19th in Orlando, Florida. Um, and then we have our tour in March coming up. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be releasing music right to start off uh, weeks, yeah. in January. Hopefully we'll be releasing cool, our next song. Cool features Other than that, go listen to Last Christmas. If this is out, if it's still yeah. Christmas time when you're listening to this, yeah. go listen to it. If not, I feel like that song you can listen to year round. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't feel like it sounds Christmassy. I feel like it's just a bang. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, this episode will be going live. Um, supposed to be on the 27th, but I think I'm going to drop it on the 22nd so that people, you know, are traveling. They can listen to something awesome. while they're getting the family yeah. and whatnot. Let's so. do it. And then, yeah, this is the last Christmas. And if not, then we have a lot of music we've released so far this year. A lot of, a lot of songs you can go check out. And then, yeah, stay tuned for just lots. We're going to be trying to be busier than we've ever been in, in 2024. And I think uh considering we didn't release any music until 2023 uh in till june and it was our busiest year ever i expect 2024 yeah. to definitely be our busiest yeah. year ever that's i would agree with that. that's true. i'd agree with that's that. very true yeah well said yeah awesome guys i appreciate your time i'll keep you posted on this going live and everything and i'm looking forward to seeing you out on the road soon uh based in indiana but i get if it's within about four to five hours i'll be there so cool. uh, I, think yeah, we'll, I think we'll see you in march hopefully then man yeah, yeah. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate your time. Have a nice night. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Thanks, man. See you, man. See ya. Thanks. And that was my conversation with Felicity. Um, Again, just huge shout out to them for taking the time to have that conversation, for getting, you know, three of the the members together and and being able to kind of do the, the band thing, right? So... Um, again, definitely want you guys to go check them out. Uh, as always, I'll have all these socials and everything linked in the description of the podcast. So be sure you go give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, check out the bands that we name dropped too, because they're all fucking incredible. Some of them I've had on the podcast already, so you can jump back, check out those episodes as well. Uh, whether that's Grayson Zane, uh, 408, um, I'm going to blank on a lot of the, the ones that I've had on the show, but, uh, Mag Park, Meet Me at the Altar, um, Dark Divine, just so many incredibly talented bands right now in the Orlando base, and, um, yeah, they should be on your radar, so, um, yeah, that's everything for this episode, uh, I do have some new merch up some new items uh working on some new designs graphic designers have unfortunately been uh a little flaky over the last few months with me so um you know people unfortunately will tell you that they've got the ability the time or the talent to do something and then not deliver so uh i am looking for some potential collaboration with uh, graphic designers. So if you or someone you know is a designer of t-shirts specifically, and you know we can modify it to other design uh, items as well, but uh, t-shirts ideally would be the kind of focus right now. 
um, definitely shoot me a message, give me, you know, drop a comment, whatever. Um, and, you know, we'll see if we can't link up and figure out, you know, what would work. So, uh, other than that, you know, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow the podcast, all those free things, because all those free things mean more guests. More guests means more entertainment and fun for you. And for me, I love doing this podcast. I, I really enjoy these conversations. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of cool shit on the horizon. A lot of uh, cool guests already scheduled. It's just a matter of us having those talks and then getting the episode out. So, really looking forward to it. Um, be sure you go over and like the and follow the Musicians for Mental Health podcast as well. Uh, some really really powerful conversations happening over there so that's it guys that's everything for this episode as always remember take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene